0: Hi everyone, welcome. This is Seek Sustainable Japan on location, our first ever on location uh, episode, and we are at the amazing Robert Yellen Yakimono Gallery in Kyoto near Ginkakuji Temple. So Robert's going to join me in a minute. Uh, we have my portable studio set up here. There we go. You ready, Robert? What's going on? (laughs) Come and have a seat. What's going on? (laughs) So, this is the first ever Seek Sustainable Live. Are we live? On location. Yeah, we are live. Wow,
1: how about that?
0: And as I came in, you you
1: can watch on
0: Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Join us. Yeah. Um, (laughs) As I came in, this is a beautiful area. We're near Ginkakuji Temple.
1: Right down the street. This is actually called the Ginkakuji know, in front of Ginkakuji. So many hundreds of years ago, this was probably part of the whole Ginkakuji complex. Oh, wow. Yeah, got parsed off over time.
0: Yeah, awesome. And you were saying before, the, before you took this gallery over, it was a kimono shop?
1: Yeah, the family is a fabric, kimono fabric family. Um, they lived here for a while. Their manufacturing uh, you know, house was old, is still an Old Macchia downtown. And this was kind of an exclusive area back then. It was like a Besso uh, second home. And uh, the family lived here. And then everyone kind of went their separate ways. And uh, after our landlord's mother passed away, he renovated this space, which was her living room, uh, into uh, a shop to show kimono works. And that's why on the other side there's a nice tatami platform and a large mirror to um, uh, have people wear a kimono and look them that, you know, check themselves out and see if they like it or not. Um, so yeah, uh, that was here for about eight years, and then it was kind of closed a lot. And one day I was passing by and just asked um, the landlord who was outside sweeping leaves, we have to leave our other house down the road. Um, And this one's hardly ever used. Um, Can you rent it to us? And he just said, if you can wait uh, until this time, uh, you can have it, which was perfect because it was 2019 in May and our contract ended in 2020 February. He said, if you can wait till March, you can move in. It was like and one door closes and a super door opens because it's a fabulous location. We're right on the Philosopher's Path. Um, uh, just beautiful greenery everywhere. The mountains are a five minute walk away. We have this lovely Nakaniwa garden here.
0: Yeah, I can um, move the camera around so people can see the yeah, garden. Yeah,
1: don't get too close up on me. It's when I, when I <laughs> came
0: in, you said it's a beautiful mess right now.
1: Yeah, you know, um, I, I, I equate it to like uh, the basement of a museum, a storeroom, uh, because with COVID uh, there are basically, as everyone knows, nobody coming here directly. So uh, it doesn't have to be well organized, uh, and as such, you know, luckily, thankfully, that uh, we have uh, the gallery has a worldwide following um, on social media, particularly on Instagram, where I post a piece uh, almost every day, basically every day, and people are ordering from there. So unlike uh, people who are really, really hurting because they're reliant on face-to-face interactions for a living, uh, I really feel for these people, you know, the guides and the, the bus drivers and everybody who you know, was having a heyday and, and, and banking on it to continue. Uh, and that just all went sour, you know, poof. Uh, and hopefully, you know, within this year, uh, somewhat of that um, tourism industry will return. Mm-hmm. And those people, you know, can uh, start putting more bread on their table, so to speak. Because I know people who haven't had any income for quite a number of months. Yeah, it's, it's really tough. Um, you know, so I, I feel very fortunate and grateful. Uh, to, you know, the people who follow the gallery around the world and, um, you know, we have uh, built a trusting relationship that uh, they know that I select work very carefully, it's not just the name, uh, and they'll look at an image, and if they want more images, I'm happy to send them, and, you know, we send pieces
0: out almost every day. That's great. And so there has been a big change for the Japan Post Office,
1: but right, you've that, been okay? Well, when COVID first started, you know, we were using basically EMS exclusively and that got totally shut down. So we were wondering what to do. And of course there are private carriers, but their, you know, individual rates were quite exorbitant. Um, But we contacted, uh, you know, one particular carrier and set up a business account. And, you know, you have to have a a certain quota per month of how much uh, you will send and then they will reduced the rates almost to the level of what EMS was. So that was a lifesaver. Um, and and it's actually more reliable now um, than the post office, unfortunately, but you know, some people do not like this particular carrier, their hassles and duties levied. So uh, we give clients an option, you know, do you want the EMS, or do you want a FedEx or UPS or DHL, I mean, those are the main carriers. Yeah. But so it's, it's lucky. All
0: worked out. Lucky you can send because I know, like me, I used to send packages to family. Can't do that anymore. Uh, let's.
1: Yeah, there, there's your tea over there if you want. Yeah, thank
0: that's, you. That's I'm a, gonna I'm yeah, gonna grab it.
1: Yeah, that's a a, a a particular cup form called a kumidashi, and the kumidashi is um, usually reserved for guests for tea. Oh, very. Nice. So um, it's not a, a regular, larger size. You know me which is a you know a sencha cup. But this is a sencha cup, it's called a kumidashi. And this one is from uh, Takeo in Saga Prefecture mm-hmm. by one of the great karatsu potters named Maruta Munehiko. And he has all kinds of styles, but lovely brushwork.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: we've used it a lot. So there's uh, a decoration, sort of a decoration that naturally comes out. It gets these shapes like little spots which uh, the Japanese say is amamori, which is like a leaky roof. Uh, So the more you use it, it's kind of sold out of like bringing up a child. The more you use something, the more interesting it becomes. So I remember
0: you saying that about a lot of your, your pottery as it changes over time, like wood on on a house, right?
1: Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And the tea is from Shizoka because that's where I lived most of my life, more than the United States. So, in Shizuoka. Yeah, Shizuka Mishima Numazu uh, in that area for 27 years. And um, well, lived right by this small family-run uh, tea plantation uh, growers, the Goto family. And their uh, shop is called Yamani In. And I can't live without Yamani tea. It's
0: so <laughs> wonderful. I was just in Uji this morning seeing the hydrangeas.
1: Oh gosh, aren't they beautiful?
0: So beautiful! I, I was just, there right when it opened because I right. knew it would be busy, but it was gorgeous. I
1: know the season, and uh, I saw tea fields around sure,
0: there as sure. well. Yeah, sure. Sure. I didn't realize.
1: Yeah, they're all over. You know, even in Shigaraki, the great potting town, there's an area with lots of tea fields. And when I was living in Shizuoka, I didn't know that. And I went to visit Mr. Kato, Kato Takahiko. Uh, I'll show you some of his work.
0: Yeah, and, that's um, interesting.
1: I thought, well, I'm coming from Shizuoka. I'm gonna bring him some wonderful Shizuoka tea because they probably don't have any tea in Shibaraki. Um, And I go to his door and I'm, you know, hey, you know, how's it going? I brought you a gift, it's Shizuoka tea. You probably don't have much tea. He goes, turn around, huge tea field right in front of his studio. (laughs) I brought him dried fish the next time.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And I interviewed a guy who's taking over old houses in Wakayama, and he's starting to collect tea from the hundred-year-old tea bushes that nobody's been cultivating, wow. and starting to roast his own tea. So that's wow. really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, part of the culture. Tea. Um, drink more tea. Local tea.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't go, sure. go, don't go, don't <laughs> buy
1: from these uh, you
0: know
1: globalization places. You know, buy if you're gonna drink coffee, go to like a nice mom and pop.
0: Yeah.
1: Chito gets coffee. Um, this lady, she just roasts her own coffee. Yeah. And and hand delivers it here. That's
0: wonderful. Yeah. I was at a really old kisaten coffee shop this morning. Mm-hmm. The guy using the siphon. The yeah. old yeah. Old coffee shop yeah. style. Yeah. I love
1: that. Yeah. drink, drink from those places. <laughs> Globalization ain't so good.
0: <laughs> All right, Liz, you've got a whole new collection, Robert, yeah, Every yeah. time I visit, there's lots of new things. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's like this continuous treasure hunt every day. I'm always looking for work. I mean, there's a, a jar that's going to be delivered some, what, maybe while we're talking. Um, Yesterday, I uh, got a a 1972 jar from a great potter, scholar, author named Koyama Fujio, and I grew up on uh, my Instagram page. A couple of weeks ago, we went to Fukui, um, which is home of Ichizen pottery, one of the six old kilns, and we visited this man named Kumano Kuroimo, and he's a big bear. They call him the bear. Let me just grab a piece.
0: Yeah, Um, let's see it.
1: and he, he fires his kiln to the maximum temperature that it's allowed to, otherwise the pieces would start to melt. And he gets these amazing effects, these glazes on his work um, with such variation uh, as you turn it. Uh, he calls it um, Kumashino because his last name is kuma, Kumano and kuma is bear. So they call him the bear of Hizen. And I did an Insta-live uh, while we were there, and it's still on my Instagram page. But there's so much variation going on here.
0: Oh, my god You know, and oh. he,
1: he likes to make things big, you know. So this is actually a sake flask. Oh, wow. But, you know, most people would think of it as a vase. And his uh, sake cups are huge over there. And then there's a tea bowl where, you, cover, you know, you cover your face. Everything's big. Um, uh, that's just the way he likes it. Uh, but even, yeah, you want to hold it? it? Yeah. And, um, but even his large sake cups, he says only fill it 20%. And then enjoy how the, the, the liquid uh, 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 highlights and, and makes the clay and the glaze glisten. So um, very, very powerful. And um, I gave him some shikishi to sign. Um, and if anybody gets a work, we will add a shirishi. His boxes um, also have this incredible calligraphy. Um, he, you know, the when you get a work of Japanese ceramic art or other art as well, there's usually a box and calligraphy, and his calligraphy is bold. He uses the whole box, makes circles and things. So this is, Mu. Oh,
0: wow. Yeah.
1: You know, very powerful. Mu, of course, being an essential Zen term of nothingness and everything. So we got, how many Mu's? We got four Mu's. Wow. And four, I think, Kai. Kai? Ku. 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 So really, really strong calligraphy, um, and if you did want to see what the man looks like, uh, just go to our Instagram um, live feeds. So that those are things that came um, recently. I hope some of the, my friends in Kyoto uh, were aware that the great Tsujimura Shiro uh, was having an exhibition at the museum and station. Uh, so I have some of his work as well here. Uh, we just got some sake cups and that's a uzuku maru i'll grab that
0: oh that looks interesting
1: so recently there was a nhk world uh, special on steve jobs and uh, they came down here to film it and if you go to nhk world uh, you'll see this piece uh photographed on their site because jobs was interested in old forms where he got uh, hints for his products on the slope of the shoulders. So um, yeah, wow. this is a, a, a low squat jar called a Uzukumaru. And he also um, is just an incredible artist, not only a uh, potter, but a painter and calligrapher as well. And then a couple months, about a month ago, we went to Tamba and got this uh, piece from Ichino no Kiyoharu, and I love the way oh, wow. he kind of split it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's this really rough texture. This would be considered the front because all of the ash hit here. Um, but Tamba is again, like in one of the six old kilns, and uh, you get these deep purple tones on it. But just the way he split this oh, wow. is fascinating to yeah. me you know this yin and yang or, or a ticking of a clock or you know it's just so organic so that's new but there's so many new pieces I and mean, where to begin
0: beautiful
1: oh and then the other day yamada hikaru i'm sorry yamada akira and
0: how often do cutters come directly to, <laughs> a you, lot. to gallery? that's awesome a
1: lot this morning a young man from seto came um, uh, the woman whose big piece over there, Ikake-san, she came. Kato from uh, Aichi came, and those are all his pieces over there. I'll be putting them on Instagram soon. Wow. And then Yamada Akira came the other day, and his father was um, uh, Yamada Hikaru, who was one of the founders of the great Crawling Through the Mud Association called Sodesha after World War II. And uh, Yamada Akira does these wonderful reds and violet tones and you know i have them three two others over there but they just stand out you know they they define space in the room they're very different than anything else i have and i just love this color it's very soothing it's very calming you know colors affect our moods yeah um and so, you know, this, this to me, I don't know if it, it's showing clearly on the monitor, but it's very rich and deep and interesting kind of uh, asymmetrical form. So he was here the other day. Um, yeah. What do you want to see? Yeah. <laughs> so many things. There are a lot of things in the gallery. Um,
0: and some we can't carry over to where the camera is.
1: Well, this one I'll carry over because okay. it's, it's, also, it's also completely different. Um, it's just a little happy vessel by Kawaguchi Jun, who's 70 years old, believe it or not. Wow. And I knew him from my Shizoka days. But it's all hand painted. It's like a child's birthday party, but he's 70 years old. <laughs> and it, it, it just makes me happy to, to look at this. Uh, so I, I got this uh, piece. Uh, about a month or so ago. That's
0: gorgeous.
1: Some of the pieces are a bit heavy to carry over, um, but I will carry a big piece over. Oh wow,
0: look at that, like a giant shell.
1: It's, it's a shell, like a God's shell. And one of the joys of what I do, because it's not about me, You know, it's about these incredible artists and this culture. Um, there's a magazine called Hono And they just had a special on shino pottery, which this is. And shino is mostly um, uh, related to tea wares, you know, smaller pieces. But this man, Goto Hideki, took a bowl form and just put it into this massive sculpture. And nobody was really paying attention to him uh, eight, nine years ago. But I picked up on him and I showed his work. And now they're in a couple of museums. And he sent me a copy of the magazine, and he said, Robert, thank you, because you gave me the confidence to go forward. Wow. You know, I mean, that's just, I, I couldn't ask for anything more of oh. an association with an artist. That,
0: amazing. that
1: you know, um, there was an influence that allowed him to share his work, his vision uh, with people around the world, and that gave him confidence. So...
0: Ah, it's wonderful. Yeah, isn't it nice? I mean, I was just in the Tale of Genji Museum, uh-huh. and they have these like shells that they spent their time painting. Right. Kind of that. Well,
1: you can take this home and paint it. So. <laughs> I
0: would mean, never. Why? So, you you don't want to paint that? It's already beautiful. I know. I know. Paint it. <laughs> so
1: he's living in Gifu. And another favorite artist of mine. Well, this is a new guy I discovered too during Corona. Oh, uh, wow. His name is Takeda Naoyuki and he studied with the great Miyashita Zenji who did also very colorful works. So he takes the colorful scheme mm. but he made it his own and I'll show you uh, Miyashita Zenji, his teacher's work in a book in a moment but this beautiful color like pastel it's, it's like a listening to a Debussy song,
0: you know? It is really like uh, you see in modern art, the splash paintings. Yeah. Gorgeous.
1: Yeah, so this is a new guy I discovered. And his teacher, who I'd like to introduce. Oops, I'll just put that here for now. There's a new book that was published, and I'd like to, share with people. Um, It's hot off the press, just released on June 14th. It's called Listening to Clay, Conversations with Contemporary Japanese Ceramic Artists. And uh, it's the people on the back here, the the majority of them are from Kyoto, actually. And they're from the top going down according to age. So the person at the top here, Hayashi Yasuo, he's 93 this year, 94. And the person below, uh, Koto Takahiro, uh, he's 63. Mm. So these are artists that the authors had intimate relationships with. A couple called uh, Alice and Halsey North. And they came to Japan uh, many times in the 80s and 90s and had these conversations with these artists. And um, now they uh, transcribe them with the help of Louise Court, who is a professor emeritus, uh, not a professor, but she was a a curator at the Smithsonian for a long time. And, you know, an incredible author and scholar. If you want to know about Japanese ceramic history on some regards, um, go find Louise Court's book. C-O-R-T. So, um, this is just published. And uh, even some of the artists who I know, they said, you know, this is the first time that we're really telling our our story, uh, history, um, to any publication. You know, Japanese publication or uh, international. And they are beautiful photographs. This is Koike Shoko. Uh, she's up in Tokyo, makes beautiful shell forms, but the man I just showed you, yeah, the pictures are beautiful. So they had a photographer come around and do um, uh, portrait photos. And the other suckling uh, photos are from um, the artists or the collections of these people. So the artist I just showed you, um, Takeda, with the colorful work, uh, this is his teacher. So you can see there's oh color goodness. in his work, too.
0: Beautiful.
1: Layers. It's like layers. a
0: landscape view. Exactly. Right?
1: Exactly. A landscape view. His name is Myashto Zendi. Oh. I have a small piece over there uh, of his. So, um, and I was very honored because they asked, you know, um, to include me in the book. Oh. Um, because there were some people who, were sharing their passion for Japanese ceramics before anybody else. And one of them who changed a lot of people's lives was uh, Kikuchi-san. And um, in the eighties, she had an exhibition in New York, which influenced a lot of galleries there. And if the people are up in Tokyo, um, I highly recommend to go to the Musei Tomo, her private museum where you walk down this spiraling staircase banister. It's crystal glass. There's uh, Shinoda Toko's uh, calligraphy on the wall. Uh, A pioneer woman um, who uh, shared her love of Japanese ceramics and she opened a gallery uh, in the Hotel Otani in Tokyo called Kanduri. So in the 70s and 80s, that's the leading place where you went to see who's who's today. She passed away, but the the museum is still there, uh, Museum uh, Musei Tomo, and um, if you go to my e page, I wrote an article about the opening of that gallery, of that museum. Then there's Saito-san, um, he's in heaven now too. He was in Hagi, which is kind of hard to get to in Yamaguchi, but he started a gallery called Saito-wan, it's still in existence, and he would have workshops and people coming from all over the world and gathering people like a, a salon of sorts. So he was very important to the Norts because they showed him around. Um, and then there's Koyanagi-san. Uh, she was a pioneer in Tokyo, comes from a generational family, uh, selling mostly tableware, but she didn't want that. So in the in the 80s, big pieces by Akiyama Yo and uh, Inoue-san and, and Ogawa Machiko, uh, you know, really breaking the barrier from vessels and things that you could use to sculptural pieces that ended up in museums. And at that time in Japan, there were a lot of regional museums popping up, like in Ibaraki, the Ibaraki Ceramic Museum, or the Hyogo Museum, or the Machiko Museum. So a lot of these pieces ended up in these regional museums. So she's, she's not doing ceramics anymore. I think she's more involved with Sugimoto Hiroshi, the uh, photographer. There's one just unfortunate point to here. They say Robert Yellen wrote this. Actually, I didn't write it. It was My Apprentice. Uh-huh. And, and it's, it's, it's unfortunate because it's dissing the critics and the, the curators in Japan.
0: Oh,
1: no. So Because
0: um, you've written so much.
1: I've written so much. It was on my web page, but written by My Apprentice at the time, who now has his own gallery in Tokyo called a lighthouse called Kaneda, very strange name, but an incredible gallery. Um, Wahei Aoyama, great writer, Um, and he came to me from his father. He had just graduated university, he didn't know what he wanted to do. And I was in Mishima, and I said, look, you just graduated from Oxford and NYU. You don't want to come to little Mishima. But we hit it off with our love of music, so I had him as my apprentice for a year. And he was so good at writing. I said, here, have a column. And he did a lot of really interesting columns on the eHype and Yakimono.net. And unfortunately, this woman said, uh, you know, she didn't read at the top, written by Ao Yamawahi. and says Robert Yellen wrote, the critics have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, that's basically what it says. Anyway, that's that section, but buy the book anyway, because it's fabulous. Then there's a dear friend and a pioneer woman in New York, Joan Mervis. And she was um, influenced by the early 80s exhibition that you say Kikuchi-san had in New York. And she shifted very strongly from uh, Edo period paintings and ukiyo-e to contemporary ceramics. And she's curated over 80 shows. Uh, Anybody in New York, um, this is the place to go to see, you know, the best of it, contemporary Japanese ceramics. Dear friend, uh, and um, she actually she actually also told me that I gave her the courage to go forward through my colleagues.
0: That's wonderful.
1: You know, and then there's me, because I'm the youngest of all those people.
0: So, oh, awesome. Isn't
1: that, I, mean, it's very, I wish my mother was alive to That's see, so you wonderful. know? To be acknowledged by your peers yes. that you helped people in the industry and expanded the range of these artists to be able to be seen. Um, And it's very humbling.
0: You've been doing it for so many years.
1: Yeah, Uh, yeah, very much.
0: And like you said earlier, before we started, you live it, it's not just a job to you.
1: No, no, it's, yeah, it's it's magic. You know, I'm very grateful, again, because it's not about me. You know, just you find something and you wanna share it with your friends. So anyway, um, folks, great book, (laughs) Listening to Clay, Conversations with Contemporary Japanese Ceramic
0: Artists. Wonderful. Is it available online? It's online. Alice North,
1: Halsey North, and Louise Allison Court. Yeah. If you just go to Google, Listening to Clay, uh, it should pop up.
0: Fantastic.
1: Yeah. So Miyashita Zenji um, was that gentleman's teacher. That's the point of the book yeah um
0: fantastic no questions but uh i've got lots of questions i've got lots of interest so many pieces
1: yeah so that's what you know the gallery is set up for joy in a way there's nothing labeled yeah so i want people to come here and and look with their chakra their their, their spirit Um, not to look at names or prices first so
0: And see what speaks to them.
1: Yeah, see what speaks to them. And then um, I'll tell you about the work. Okay. So So many. There's a
0: lot. I really like this one.
1: Okay. So this is an original um, Shino glaze called Embu. And Embu means dancing fire. Wow. So this man, um, whose name is Yamada Kazu, and uh, his family is originally from Tokunami. Uh, and his uncle was the first living treasure of Tokunami and the only living treasure for Tokunami uh, for Kyusu, which are small teapots. Um, but long ago, uh, the uh, fukui HZN area started this Nomura, the pottery village, and they offered cheap land. So people moved from all over. Many people moved from Kyoto. So Yamada Kazu moved from... Uh, Tokuname. Uh, His son Hiroshi is also a potter. Uh, He, you know, it's strange, he's in Ichizen, which has its own distinctive style, but I've never seen an Ichizen pot from him. It's always Shino pottery, or Oribe pottery, or Iga pottery, you know, things which are associated with other regions. Um, But he developed this glaze, and it's totally his glaze, nobody else can do this, called um, the Dancing Fire Glaze. And, of course, it's a little challenging because you don't want to be drinking from these ridges here. But he has, of course, strategically placed a, a, a side for drinking. <laughs>
0: um,
1: but it's an amazing work. One of these um, from our gallery ended up at the Victoria and Albert uh, Museum in London. Wow. Yeah.
0: It looks almost animalistic. like Very much so. Right?
1: Yeah, shamanistic, some type of ritual vet- uh, vessel. We're going to have a sacrifice. No. Well, yeah. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Yamada Kazu. Let's choose a different, totally different, clean design. Okay. How about this one?
1: That's Kubota Reiko. He's in Kumamoto. And uh, he just finished an exhibition in Kyoto, at Daimaru. It's called Hakuji and haku is uh, white and ji is porcelain. So it's a a white porcelain bowl, um, very appropriate for summer because um, it's porcelain, which has a a cooler feel. Uh, The color, of course, imparts coolness. So you would consider this more of a summer tea bowl. The other one may be autumn. Uh, He does lots of ripples and spirals on his work. Um, He studied uh, at the Osaka University of Arts and he wanted to actually come to Kyoto, but after graduating, he had no money, so he went back to his hometown in Kumamoto. And he's very recognized in his prefecture; lots of awards, uh, lots of recognition. So that's one. That's that's one piece called a hakuji. And it's kind of an oval shape. It's not a perfect circle, right?
0: It's like yeah. an egg, long.
1: Yeah. And it might be hard to see, this is also his, but you can see the similar design with the,
0: yeah. the, the, the
1: um, kind of spiraling around. And this is called the Seihatji, which is a bluish white porcelain. So his specialty is these two styles, which date back to ancient China. But uh, he's a very elegant uh, uh, sense ability to his design. And again, appropriate for summer because. Um, it just imparts a cool... Makes
0: you feel cool. Makes it's you feel just cool. holding it, yeah.
1: And then, you know, you could put this in the refrigerator and then, um, you know, serve cold tea. Oh, yeah. I was walking one day in Tokyo many, many years ago and during the summer, and I went to a gallery called Koko, and um, he's making matcha. And I'm thinking, well, I'm already sweating so much. I really don't want <laughs> co- a hot tea. And I was shocked when it was cold matcha. Actually served in a Yamada Kazutibo, the dancing fire person. And I'll never forget that because I was expecting something and it was totally opposite. And then I thought, well, cold matcha in summer, why not?
0: Why not? Why not? I have a, a question. As I see you walking around with these beautiful pieces, have you ever dropped one?
1: Sure. I mean, not often. You know, and but, Do you do
0: kintsugi? Oh, absolutely,
1: kintsugi, kintsugi, yeah. And uh, if I may plug another book,
0: you actually mentioned that uh, one of the pieces that came from America the last time I came were damaged coming back, and you were you and everybody was impressed with the kintsugi work that it was it made it more beautiful.
1: Yeah, no, there was one client who you know broke his you know Me. Um, Chuck. Chuck in California. And he was distraught. Um, and then there was another guy, Bob, in Chicago. And I said, don't, you know, don't fret. Send them back. Had our kintsugi expert do their work. Sent the piece back. They were so overjoyed yeah. that they said they're going to break up all the works in their Collection to do. Have kintsugi- oh my goodness,
0: really? They didn't break on purpose, did they?
1: Uh, no, they didn't. I advise <laughs> them against it. You know, some people do that. that you know, that they will intentionally break a piece to have it kinsugiized. Um, and uh, that's not good. That's not the fate of the piece. So, just one thing about kinsugi um, a lady who lives in the neighborhood, Mioheki, just wrote this beautiful book. Um, it's bilingual.
0: Look at the covers.
1: Well, well, well this, th- there's two covers. This one is that. actually Urushi. And then the cloth cover is just of the Urushi uh, plant. So Urushi is Japanese lacquer for anyone who doesn't
0: know
1: that. And um, it opens up like a sutra book. Oh, that's
0: beautiful.
1: It's a beautiful book repairing things. She goes over how to deal with it, how to do it, showing examples, types of Urushi, types of lacquer. Wow, it's, Which is
0: also poisonous. Yeah, you have to you be, careful. be careful.
1: Yeah, my friend John Gauntner, the sake expert, uh, he tried that once. He bought a uh, Kinsugi um, packet at uh, Tokyo Hands and tried it at home and he just broke out. He, he had to go, you know, he broke out in hives. But this is a beautiful book, and that's Miho san. She lives in the neighborhood. Um, and um, seek it out. If if you would like a copy, uh, I can arrange for that. Um, She's titled it "Kinsugi in the Cycle of Nature: A Meditation on Japanese Lacquer Arts."
0: Mio Hekista.
1: Probably hard to see that, but
0: yeah, wonderful.
1: Yeah. So there's some good books being published um, uh, recently, which is nice to see.
0: I'm fascinated by this one.
1: That's Nishimura Naoki. He, um, Once they picked
0: it up and it's so light. It's so
1: light. I yeah, sometimes, it. you know, that'll fool you. You pick it up kind of with the tight shoulders and then <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So this is a style called uh, neriage. It's a multicolored clay. It's like stacked together like a sandwich and then cut. And um, he lives out in the hills, uh, out in the countryside of uh, Kyoto, Um, you can see him often at uh, pottery fairs. And hopefully the big one this summer, which has been canceled the last two years, of course, uh, in August, uh, will be held on Gojo-dori. So there's a big pottery festival here uh, in Kyoto. And of course, um, it's on Gojo-dori because that's the old um, potting area of Kyoto. But it's in the middle of August, and I asked it's brutally hot, and you're on this main thoroughfare. Goju is not a small alley; it's a big thoroughfare road. Um, and nishimura sans al- almost every time I've gone, he's been there. And I asked some of the potters, "Why are you doing this in August?" Well, some nipachi, nipachi, February and August are kind of down, slow time for oh, businesses. I see.
0: You know,
1: they, they say nipachi. Uh, Ni is two, and you know, hachi. So during the slow season, they would like take a lot of dead stock or seconds, which are still quite beautiful, um, and they would have this festival. And it's really fun to go to because both sides of the street just lined with booths. And it goes to like 10 o'clock at night. So uh, you don't have to go during the, the heat of the day. You can go at night as well. Yeah, it's really fun. And I always discover somebody new there too. Not always. Well, yeah, always. Yeah, there's only somebody I discover <laughs> that I might not want their work, but I certainly uh, am happy to, to see new work and faces. Nice. Yeah, so if anybody's in August, here in August, it's usually around the 7th to 12th, um, but I will post that on my Instagram page once I find that information out, if anybody is interested.
0: And that's a good strategy for a summer event to have it late into the night. Exactly. Uh, have something like a light-up, on the weekends for hydrangeas yep. because it's so popular, they want to spread out the number of people coming during the
1: day. It's yep. very smart. It is smart. It is smart. Yeah. And I, I hope you know that festivals and, and matsuri uh, around Japan um, continue this summer because it's one part of you know the great part, one great part of Japanese culture. I know the Gion festival is going this year, so that's neat.
0: Oh, there's two that I want to choose, but
1: I'll go with the black and white one. The black and white. Can't go wrong with that. Oh yeah, so this is a, one of my favorite Kyoto potters. His name is Setsujunji. What a great name. Setsujunji. kind of just rolls off your tongue. And he calls it um, suminagashi, which is a flowing ink pattern. So uh, he creates the initial form, And then he'll take a liquid slit and kind of roll it around, making this calligraphic kind of impressionistic, you know, Rothschild test um, uh, design. Um, He does it in various color schemes. There's a a, a big black and white one there, uh, which he actually used for his Joe. And uh, the inside is this very matte, it's kind of hard to see, but a matte glaze. And then he makes a very simple foot because the form is so complex and there's so much going on that um, he makes the foot very simple. You know, everybody knows when you drink a bowl of matcha, you turn it over. Uh, you can admire the uh, exposed clay, the quality of the carving, and sometimes you can tell the age of the artist. He's in his 40s. And there was a great um, Chawan tea bowl critic who um, his name is Hayashi Asazoe. Uh, he passed away about four or five years ago and he dubbed this young man like the new Fruita Oribe for his innovation in the tea bowls so the, um, the, the, there is the white more of a whiter body and i have some uh, like that big tall pillar piece over there which i'll grab here hold this
0: okay oh yeah. wow yeah you have some really
1: tall pieces in the middle. Yeah, those are Zoe. They're like, you know, African dancers. Yeah. Um, so this is a tall piece, and it's just so engaging, how he's created this flowing ink pattern. So I'm a big fan of his. And, you know, again, like Goto-san, hopefully, uh, well, people have from around the world bought his work. There's a sake cup over there, too, somewhere, or a smaller piece. It's on the upper left. Ah, the enso. I love love Zen affiliations.
0: Yeah. You have so many pieces, so many beautiful pieces. So
1: this is Moritoki Taiyu, another great name. Um, He was one of the first artists I met when I was living in Numazu. There was a gallery in the Shoten-gai kind of covered shopping mall called uh, Hosaka. And he would show Moritokitayu, who was well-known as a calligrapher and as a Bizen potter. So he was born in Okayama but lived in Tokyo. And when you look, there's this big, thick Japanese art directory. I don't know if it's still in existence, but every year it came out and it ranked artists in various fields and they gave, like, their prices. And his calligraphy was astronomically priced. And um, he also made Karatsu. So it's a very quiet, simple form. There's nothing totally dynamic about this piece except the Enso, which of course is a Zen uh, mark of infinite universe in your hand, basically. And uh, I I love um, pots that have this Enso formed on it. So when I saw this, and since I knew him, and he was very kind to me, you know, in, when I was in my 20s and, and 30s, you know, he gave me a signed book. I have some calligraphy in the back. Uh, when I saw this at a dealer's auction, I had to have it. You know, um, he, had, he had already since passed away. And I, I, I haven't, well, let me get, can I just go grab yeah, one other thing? Of course. Because he was one of the rare artists who took uh, pottery and then did calligraphy on it.
0: Oh, wow. Because Robert, you have interviewed and gone to visit in their studio so many potters around Japan, right? Absolutely. This is so wonderful to be in Robert's studio. Oh my gosh, that looks heavy. It is,
1: I lifted it with one hand. I hope I can play tennis tomorrow.
0: I saw in Felicity's short movie about you, that you're, <laughs> you're tennis.
1: Yeah, that's, that keeps me going. Um, so like I said, he was born in uh, the Okayama area, which is known for Bizen pottery. And he worked with the Isazaki family, um, who are very kind to me as well. And so he made this massive platter and um, incised calligraphy all around it. Um, this was exhibited at some exhibition, because it's in the catalog I have, but I can't read what's on the plate, so I contacted his daughter in Tokyo and um, she said she probably couldn't read it either. So I'm going to take it to a professional calligrapher. But um, it's, it's kind of hard to see, but all around the edge here, there's a calligraphy, probably some ancient Chinese poem. And it's, it's a big piece.
0: Oof. Wow. So is the calligraphy is carved exactly, not painted. No, it's, I carved, see it. it's carved. I see it now, and carved all around the edge too. Yep.
1: Okay, I've never seen anything like this, particularly this size. Smaller pieces, um, something called a a hohein, which is a, a, a sentient pot. Sometimes you'll see Hanya Shingyo, uh, the Heart Sutra, incised on those, but nothing like this. What are you talking about, you picked a favorite.
0: Yeah, good, I'm glad. Um, how about this box thing? Hey. Oh, so okay,
1: good, good, good point out. So <laughs> remember the book I just showed you listening to Clay? Yes. This is the 80, 90s, three-year-old man named Hayashi Yasuo. And it's an optical illusion because on this, flat surface he's created in a dimension that appears to be going back on the space. He is one of the most important ceramic artists of Japanese history, Um, but he has not been acknowledged so uh, compared to the founders of Sodeisha, three other Kyoto potters um, named Yagi Kazuo, Suzuki Osamu and Yamada Hikaru, who founded this uh, important group. But this man was actually the first person before them to make non-functional work. So in the book I just showed you, he's the first person, Hayashi Yasuo. And I actually visited him the other day. Um, He's 90-something years old. Let's see, he was born in 1928. So y'all can do the math. Um, and uh, I took uh, a colleague of sorts of mine to visit him because she's doing her dissertation on his work. And uh, he drove her back here in his BMW 90 something. She was a little frightened on these um, roads. And you can see work of his, Hayashi Yasuo. Um, when was this made? Can you see that?
0: Uh, Does it? Oh,
1: 1948? 1948. Incredible. This one was pretty early, too. Oh, wow. That is. It doesn't
0: have a date. Oh, 1950.
1: 1950. 1950. So, um, that work that Joy's holding is by one of the most important and his. Uh, achievements are being reevaluated now uh, about his importance. Overseas, he's very well known. Um, New York galleries have his work, they end up in museums. But in Japan, the critics, particularly one critic whose last name starts with an I, um, didn't write about him. He was the, the guy back in the day and just kind of ignored him. And everybody was focused on Saudetia. But isn't that magical?
0: Beautiful. And how, just an ornament. You would yeah, use yeah, it, yeah.
1: As a well,
0: woman. It, it. Exactly. He, um, there's beautiful like painting on the side of it. It's really incredible.
1: 1928, and he's still working. You know. Wow. Hayashi Yasuo. Um, if you Google that, you'll come up with some amazing images.
0: That's beautiful. Uh, no, thanks for commenting. Hard to stream with no one watching. I'm sure people will watch later. And this was just the magic time for me and Robert to get together and do this. So we're really happy that you could join us live. Uh, raining in Onomichi, yeah, raining here in Kyoto as well. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Yeah. Uh, so we have about 10 more minutes. What do you think, a few more pieces? Well, something completely Completely wide. different. <gasps> I. Would not have expected to see that here.
1: I know. Samori <laughs> Eiko. Um, it it just reminds me of where the wild things are. If Maurice Sendak was a potter, this is maybe what he would be making. And I'm a big fan of hers. Her name is Samori Eiko, um, and she makes these whimsical figures. This one is called Mayonnaise No Himesama. Oh, that's awesome. The uh, mayonnaise princess. I
0: love
1: it. It's right. It's just that, you know, there's serious pieces, serious tea bowls, but you know, there's also fun work being made that just makes you smile. And I think- (laughs)
0: This is the mayonnaise in the front with gold coming
1: out. I think it's important to have something that makes you smile in your genkan. So when you leave in the morning and you come home at night, there's always something there no matter what happened in between, that's gonna make you smile. So uh, yeah, she's she's one of those very creative contemporary Japanese ceramic artists. And another one of that type of fantasy from Kyoto is Ueba Kasumi. And these are based on mythical critters like Kirin or Shimera. And it looks like a, 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 a warlock or something with this magic hat, which is actually a sake flask. Oh, what? And she comes from a family of kimono designers. So oh, lots of design on the work. Isn't that crazy?
0: You can see the kimono design motifs, yeah. right, yeah. in the back. That's
1: wild. Yeah, so um, it's very different from the stoneware work that I carry uh, Bizen and Shigaraki, all the serious stuff. <laughs> and another whimsical person.
0: I don't think we've showed this back wall yet as you're standing there. Okay. Let's just show it, because you've got paintings as well.
1: This is um, Shimura Noriyuki. He's in the Izu Peninsula. Very popular artist, but again, these interesting motifs, the skull, the bat, the the cat, you know, love, love on the bat, you know, just things that make you happy to use and to live with, again, a sake flask. Yeah, the back wall, there's lots of work. Um, A young painter I'm very fond of named Nishimura Daiki reminds me of Hasibawa Tohaku's uh, classical um, pine tree in the mist type of painting um, various works um, another neriyagi marbled work by a buddhist monk who's up in ibaraki the pink and white it's vibrating his name is um, uh, Matsui koyo and his father was the first living treasure for that style and he's also a monk at the gesuji uh, in kasama uh, in Ibaraki. Um, yeah, uh, that's Minagishi Seiko, celadon. He's working in Nasu in Tochigi. A great Mori Tobaku in the middle. Of Bizen, a very contemporary Bizen piece by Isazaki Koichiro, whose father is the living national treasure. It's wrapped in straw, but it's got this like mist coming down. Again, Matsui Koyo, Ichino Masahiko from Tamba, uh, Mihara Ken, the little sake cup. He's in uh, Shimane. Uh, young up-and-coming artist, great design since Mio Masahiro, he's in bi The Iga veteran um, Fujioka Shuhei, not working much anymore, unfortunately. I'm trying to motivate him. I said I'll buy almost everything. Uh, the fanciful, young, popular Ikake Sayuri, who was just here the other day. We did an Insta uh, post. And then uh, the bottom shelf is um, Isazaki Koichiro, the same person at the top. Those are three 16th century early 17th century bees and boat flasks next to it is this organic purplish white glowing uh, vessel by kako katsumi who i'm I'm very fond of as well and we could go on and on
0: (laughs) amazing well we have about five more minutes should we come back on this side again sure
1: Or you want to go look at the garden
0: oh i don't think i can go that far with the setup i have today
1: um, yeah, you know, um, I'm hoping that if people watch this, that, you know, you go and support local artists, local culture. Um, there are lots of pottery fairs that happen around Japan. Um, doesn't have to be pottery, of course. Um, we get spoons from o- o- Okubo-san, this great spoon maker. Um, you know, it, it's just nice to, to know the people, um, Whose work you use and live with, you know, yeah. um, and how you spend your money is a reflection of your values. So, like I said, like you know, it started up with your coffee uh, drink from that local siphon guy, you know. Yeah. Um, and
0: use your pottery. Absolutely. Don't you just know, have it as a showpiece in your house. Not at
1: all. I mean, it's you know I probably mentioned this before. It's yo no be beauty through using something, and it has to be used and if you're conscious of what you're doing, what you're holding, nothing's going to happen to it. It's when you get distracted and then you, like, drop it or something. You know, so um, then it becomes a, a kintsugi item. But they're meant to be used because they not only impart, you know, nutrition from what they hold. There's spiritual value. There's economical value. There's cultural value. Uh, there's seasonal associations. There's so much that you can metaphorically put into a vessel. And that will not only you know sustain your body for the health benefits it needs, it will sustain your spirit as well. And uh, that's where the Japanese have really nailed their culture in so many ways. Now we went to the Miho Museum a couple of weeks ago where they had uh, the, the, the vessels of Kaiseki. And these incredible vessels from the 17th, 18th century, just to hold food, It's it's, it's art. It's, it's magic, the sensibility. And I think people alive today have a responsibility in any small way they can, particularly living here, uh, is to support this culture, you know, and not just take from it, but try to give back something to it as well. Because we're very fortunate, you know, from wherever we've come from, uh, to, to be able to live in this very cool ancient culture. And there's a responsibility to that. And it's not just shopping at convenience stores and ordering on the internet. Uh, You know, there's wonderful people in your neighborhood uh, doing all types of of Mingate crafts or or things that um, uh, are one of a kind and they put their heart and soul into in their whole life. Um, So I'm just kind of a cheerleader guy that is trying to encourage people to realize that and and go out and, you know, try to make your neighborhood a little nicer.
0: What would you like to see in terms of Uh, getting the ceramic and pottery movement kind of giving new momentum in Japan? Would you like to see it more in schools and education? Sure. In all restaurants? Well, you know. Used used in all restaurants and coffee shops? Well, that
1: that would be nice. It's not always practical, you know. I mean, there are, you know, very reasonably priced vessels uh, that could be used at those places, and I'm sure there are, you know. uh, Thousand two thousand 2,000 yen.
0: I did mention it at the beautiful Starbucks that they reused that old Japanese machia yodin, Yeah. and they have this gorgeous structure and everything is amazing to be in there, but they're serving in normal, like if you get a four-year mug. And so I suggested to them, I said, if you used Japanese pottery, as your mug for right. the four-year mug oh my gosh that would elevate your brand absolutely. Crazy, right?
1: absolutely absolutely and there are young Kyoto artists um, who would be more than willing and happy to create handmade one-of-a-kind each you know uh, and I'm happy to introduce them you know because they're struggling a lot of these workshops um, and that makes a great idea to to, to you know if you're a globalized c- company like that, at least you know show some affiliation with the local culture instead of just you know ignoring it i mean you could you know a i mean there was a hard rock cafe downtown right. you know they close I and mean, what's the point you know um, anyway <laughs> i could rant on and on
0: about that. <laughs> <laughs> is there i mean my kids went through japanese school they didn't learn ceramic and pottery and they learned yeah. calligraphy mm. It but, seems like one of the things that could be brought back in education, right? Really.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think some kids are exposed to the tea ceremony of sorts you know, in, in their cultural classes. Um, but again, it's a niche thing. Um, not, not just They don't need to be exposed um, how to make something, but how to appreciate it compared to a plastic cup. You know, give a child uh, a, a cube of tofu and put it on a plastic plate and put it on a handmade vessel, BZ plate, and ask them which looks more appetizing. You know, just little things like that to open their eyes, open their heart, you know, make them aware of things. And that goes for anybody. You know, just put a piece of tofu on a plastic piece, whatever, and a handmade vessel made by somebody by hand. I mean, the difference is clear as can be. So that's the exposure I think they need to, to be. Um...
0: And of all the places that you visited, um, I had the chance to go to Bizen, mm-hmm. and walking around and seeing loads of Bizen pottery studios, you can walk in, you can see people at work, you can try it yourself. Are there other areas of Japan that sure. have mm-hmm. those like active pottery village?
1: Absolutely. Um, people up in Tokyo, there's Mashiko, in Tochigi and Kasama in Ibaraki, which are easy day trip. Um, if you're in Ishikawa area, Komatsu area has uh, Kutani. In Saga, you know, the great porcelain town of Arita has like a five kilometer road just lined with shops. Um, Shibaraki as well. Um, but you should make an itinerary or ask somebody who knows because if you don't know, you can spend a lot of time going in and out of, unfortunately, bad souvenir shops, so um, yeah, make an itinerary. You can ask me if you're going someplace, I'll be happy to recommend um, places to go. But sure, you know, Tokoname in Aichi has this beautiful pottery road winding through these old districts. Um, Any potting center, which there are many throughout Japan, will have some center uh, where people can visit. You know, there's often a museum associated with it. Tamba on the other side of Kyoto, there's an area called um, uh, Sasayama Tachikui. This old road, it just lined with shops. It's so quaint, it's so idyllic. In the mountains in the background. these places exist all over Japan. Um, And go out and find them. That's
0: a good place to end. Thank you so much, Robert. That was great. Right at an hour, perfect timing. Yeah, the first, um, like, what did you say? In person, person. on location. On location. (laughs) Well, thanks for uh, allowing
1: the initial on location. Uh, Sustainability?
0: Seek Sustainable
1: Japan, yeah. Seek Seek Sustainable Japan.
0: It was Seeking Sustainability Live, and I kept tripping over saying that. So it's now Seek Sustainable Japan. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Thank you for everything you do, Robert. It's awesome to talk to you here. Yeah, yeah, wonderful. Thanks everyone for joining. Add your questions and comments anytime, and we will respond. Robert is very active on social media, so you can always reach out to him. Where's where's your favorite Instagram? Yeah, Instagram
1: is once a day, so that's yeah. the place.
0: Wonderful. Thanks everyone. Have a great day, and uh, catch up with me at my second on location place tomorrow with alex kerr in his house yeah that's that's gonna be fantastic very exciting yeah thanks so much thanks robert bye